Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. Um, today I'm going to be incredibly unashamedly human. <laughs> I can show you um, a couple of wee stories about... Um, some of my experiences this week, which um, if I didn't really care, I could be embarrassed, I could be ashamed, I could be worried, I could be concerned, um, but I'm not. I've essentially just laughed my way through it. It's been a really busy week. I've been helping my daughter, my eldest daughter, with her two children, um, Archie and Ailey. Ailey's three and Archie's just nine months or nine and a half months because these half months are really important when you're that tiny. <laughs> uh, so um, Megan's recently gone back to work again, just working part time as a teacher. And um, so childcare is a wee bit sticky at the moment because um, her outlaws are on holiday at the moment. So I'm kind of covering the, the the three days, more or less, every week. And when I came home the other night there after doing my, my, my three days, um, my back shifts, as I call them, because our husband's a, a prison officer, and uh, he's on he was on a back shift this week, which meant that Megan had no childcare from about 11.30 in the morning. And then I always like to stay to help her with their bedtimes and their bath times. So um, I don't usually get home till about <clears throat> the back of nine, ten o'clock at night. And I love it. Honestly, I love it. I I never, ever thought, I, I don't think I ever considered um, what being a grandma would be like. And it's just beyond, honestly, beyond anything. Um, and I'm kind of tearing up here because... It's so beautiful, so beautiful because I get to relive a part of my experience with my own grandma. I get to relive this experience of watching my mum and my dad, who are grandma and pop, with um, our children. I get to witness my daughter as a mother. I get to reparent myself and have these incredibly open conversations with my daughter about self-regulation, about healing wounds, about how none of this information about self-regulation and our mental health was available to either me, my mother or my grandmother and we all kind of did the best that we could and the icing or the cherry on the top is I get to spend time with these two beautiful little souls oh my god, they are just unbelievable Archie loves his food 
I've never seen a kid eat like this, you know, that they're meant to go from soft foods for a while, you know, sort of everything's mushed or liquidated. Um, and within about three days, Archie was shouting and screaming at everybody because he wanted a bit of toast. <laughs> and ever since then, he just eats and eats and eats. He's a wee breastfed baby, but he just, oh my God, he loves his grub. And his sister, Ailey, bless her, has um, a couple of allergies, um, which are not pleasant for her, um, but we're finding our way through that. And um, she told me the other day there, she's starting to find her words. And um, I came into the house and she looked at her mum and she ran and gave me a big hug. And then she looked at her mum again and she said, Grandma's my best friend, mummy. <laughs> oh my God, it was so beautiful. And I just said, you're my best friend too, Ailey. And uh, we just have this beautiful connection, which is a connection that I remember having with my grandma and seeing my parents have, especially my dad with the children. So anywho, I was over there uh, doing my three-day stint and um, I came home. And I'm... Um, I parked the car. I couldn't get it parked outside her apartment. So I parked it sort of, you know, down the road. And I, I made sure that I, I checked where it was um, so that I would remember in the morning. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to the <laughs> to Disneyland or a big theme park, you check, oh, I'm in the itchy and scratchy lot, number 22, or I'm in Dumbo, number 33. So you can remember where your car is. So I remembered it's down at the Crescent. It's opposite the road. And I walked back up the road. It's about half a mile walk and got into the house about 10, 10, 15. Had a great sleep. And um, I was going back over to Megan's the next day. And and. I wanted to make tea time fun, so I thought, oh, we'll make pizzas. And I went out to the shops in the morning, I walked out, and I got all the ingredients. And I was super excited about going over there with with the um, with all the ingredients for Ailey and Grandma and Mummy to make pizza. And uh, Jerry was in a meeting, uh, so he couldn't help me down the road, this half-mile walk down to the car. And I was a wee bit pissed off about that, but the bags were heavy and, you know, I thought, oh, no, not a problem. I'll just go. And I was leaving early because it was going to be a really hot day and I was going to pick Ailey up from nursery early so that she wouldn't overheat. Because when she overheats, she gets a wee bit scratchy and annoyed and all sorts of stuff happens. So I was leaving in plenty of time and I walked and as I was walking down the road, I kind of felt I was lost in thought, but I couldn't have told you what the thoughts were. I just kind of felt distracted. Um, so I continued walking down the road and I looked at where I had parked the car the night before. And I'm like, the car's not there. Where's the car? And I looked around the car that was parked there that wasn't there last night. It was a big white van. And all I could see was the double yellow lines. And I thought, well, my car's not there. Somebody's stolen the car. So I calmly walked back to the flat and I just thought, oh, I'm going to have to tell Jerry that someone's stolen the car. There was no shock. There was no, there was nothing. I was just like, OK, I'll just tell him that. And I better phone Craig and let him know that my car's been stolen and um I don't know how I'm going to go over there today, but I'll get there. I might be a bit later, not to worry about it. Um, I'm going to pick Ailey up. 
And that was all fine. And, and I got into the house and I said, Jerry, somebody's stolen our car. It's not there. I, just, I had a feeling that was going to happen, Jerry, but the car is not there. And he said, are you sure? He says, that kind of car, Jackie. He, he says, they're not meant to be, they're unstealable. We have a, a Skoda. Um, he says that, you know, that, that kind of car is not meant to be stealable. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's not there, Jerry. So he <laughs> gets on the phone and starts to phone the police. Um, my wife says that her car's been stolen. Um, it's not where she left it last night. And the lady at the, the police station on the calls took all these details and said, are you sure that's where she parked it? And he said, well, yeah, that's where she told me it was. He says, but I'll go and check. So Jerry started walking down the road to check where, where I'd left the car and to see if the car had been stolen. And I thought, oh, I better go out as well. So I followed him down the road. And when he got down to the bottom of the road, he put his thumb up. I'm like, what? He says, Jackie, the car's there. <laughs> I said, the car wasn't there. When I looked before, the car wasn't there, Jenny. He's like, but it's there, Jackie. Now, this is a big 4 by 4 Skoda. It's a Kodiak. Seven-seater Skoda Kodiak. And the most beautiful blue colour you've ever seen and I didn't see it I didn't see it I didn't see it when I walked down the road but I saw it when Jerry pointed it to me and I just burst out laughing and I get in the car and I thought right I'll drive the car in front of the house and I'll, I'll load the the, <laughs> the car up with what I need to take to Megan's and as I was driving around I thought I better phone Craig and let Craig know that um, that I found my car <laughs> that it hadn't been stolen and I just thought wow, wow Jackie that is so fascinating that I was so lost in thought that I didn't see my car I, that was a new one on me absolutely new one in me and it was because where I'd parked the night before there was a small car in front of me and there was a small car behind me but when I went to look for the car there was a big white van in front of me and a big white van behind me so I had seen the big white van that was behind my car looked underneath it didn't look round it because I saw where this car was parked and it was parked in my eyes, it was parked in the double yellow lines and I thought, wow I wouldn't have parked the car there so I just completely deleted it and it's like right, the car's not there, that's it, the car just isn't there which was I deleted a car from my thoughts, I, I completely deleted it from my mind and was so stuck in the idea of the car wasn't there, it just wasn't there, that I didn't even think to walk round the white van to see if there was anything behind it, because in my mind, the car just wasn't there. And it made me think, it's like, wow, <laughs> either I've got the beginnings of dementia, which I don't, or what happened there? And I knew what happened there. 
I had just got lost in thought, which is lost in ego, and it stopped me from seeing the world clearly. And it stopped me from seeing it objectively. And, you know, ego is this whole thing about I or myself and how I distinguish myself from others. And this ego is, is, is how I've created my identity from my social status, my marriage, my job, my possessions, my education, my appearance, relationships, personal and family history, beliefs, membership in any political, national, racial or religious groups. And while my ego is an indispensable part of who I am, completely identifying with it really clouds your perception of objective reality. So kind of what is ego? What is ego? Because this ego thing can sabotage your inner peace and it can really cloud your interpretation of reality. I lost a seven-seater car in my head and my husband phoned the police station and it was there. Oh my God. Ego is this whole part of your mind that tries to control your thinking and your behaviour. It's that voice inside your head. Some people call it, oh, it's the devil, or it's the angel on the shoulder. And it's just that voice that analyses what's going on around you. You know, the ticker tape that you get all your comments, your judgments, you know, and all your interactions. When you fall back into the past or you speculate about the future when you're complaining, <laughs> you're saying what you like or what you dislike. And when you question yourself in moments of doubt, that internal voice is ego. And ego just gives you this interpretation of the world. It, it's not truth. It's not a fact. It's, it's not even a true reflection. And the only true way to see the world is by being fully present and experiencing that moment as it is, which I didn't do when I walked down the road with the two big heavy bags of shopping, completely lost in thought, because Jerry didn't come and help me. <laughs> because he was in a meeting, I was just so lost in thought. But because it's all coming from inside our own head, we just think that's us. We think it's who we are. But in fact, this ego, it, it just isn't our true being. Our true being is, is the essence. It's, it's the essence of who we are. It's separate from our mind and our body, which I love. So in order to really connect with who we are, our true self, we have to stop identifying with our ego. And a lot of people resist letting go of this identity because if you're not made up by the contents of your mind, then who are you? But problems arise when you identify with your ego, believing that your thoughts, memories, beliefs, and mental condition actually define you. So there's loads there for you this week to start to have a wee feel about, you know, what's going on? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's going on in my head? What thoughts am I identifying with? Because ego always feels that there's a lack, that there's we're not complete. It can come across as we don't feel worthy and we don't feel good enough. And it creates this intense kind of ego fuel craving or desire for more possessions, more money, more success, power, recognition, a relationship, or other temporary pleasures that kind of fill that emptiness. In extreme forms, these cravings become addictions. Ego 
makes us falsely believe that these temporary pleasures can make you feel complete. You know, shopping, eating. And when we identify with our mind, we identify with those desires and cravings. We're looking for fulfillment and we're looking for happiness through collecting and acquiring all these things. But although they may momentarily satiate the craving, satisfying a desire will never, ever, ever bring peace and enlightenment. So look out for this. Once I get this, I will be happy. Because that mindset keeps us out of the present moment, which is the only place to be fully present and to find peace and enlightenment. So this week, <laughs> that's just one of my stories about uh, how unashamedly human I am. And to be honest, I don't give a shit. It is my humanness flowing through me. It's moments where I'm lost in thought. It's moments where I think one thing and I'm completely on the wrong tangent. It's moments where I'm able to laugh at myself for the silliness um, that uh, being human can bring. And I want that for you too. Laughter, joy, being able to to laugh at yourself and uh, to realise the ego is just a collection of stories, thoughts and beliefs about who you are that is constructed from thought. Old, stale thought. Until next time, please like, share, um, and have a giggle <laughs> about this podcast. I'll see you soon. Lots of love. Cool.